On this episode of the 2X e-commerce podcast show, we're going to be talking about e-commerce personalization. Do stay tuned. Welcome to 2X e-commerce, the e-commerce marketing growth podcast where you ask questions and I, Kenei, answers them. Also hear from proven marketing growth experts who are number one or number two in specialist areas of online retail marketing. So if you work in or own an online retail business, listen in, get involved, join me, and let's put some fuel to skyrocket your e-commerce growth. So on the inbound marketing strategies, how do you beat Amazon? Natural search and our search engine position is critical to the customer flow through the website. I personally would not have an account process interrupt checkout flow at all. My favorite customer lifetime value calculation is an easy one. It's your average order value times that purchase frequency times uh, your customer lifespan. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. Between September 13th to the 14th, Boston, Massachusetts is going to explode with e-commerce marketing insights because Clavio Boston is coming up in September. It's going to be the largest in-person gathering ever of the Clavio community with two days and more of 30 practical substantive sessions to choose from. It's a no-fluff, no BS e-commerce marketing conference you can't afford to miss. To get tickets, head over to clavio.com forward slash Boston. Hi guys, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. This is the podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. Um, not at the enterprise level, neither at the micro level, we're at the fine middle. So if you're gauged to scaling by 2X, 3X, or even 10X, you know I handpick guests that come on this show to share their expertise and experience. My criteria is one is based on just one question. Can my guests provide valuable information and insight to help you, my listeners, grow? Metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, traffic, and automated sales. If they can, I try my very best to bring them on the show. Which brings me to today's guest. He goes by the name of Jan Sorensen. <clears throat> He's a general manager of Nosto US. Now, if you haven't heard of Nosto, it's a fast-growing personalization, actually the fastest-growing personalization um, platform specific to e-commerce. And um, I think they have over 2,000 retailers um, they, 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 they help at the moment. And um, if you haven't actually read, because Nost actually came into my, uh, my radar when I wrote an article around personalizations, a three-part article for big commerce last year. If you haven't, just type out e-commerce personalization Kunde or e-commerce personalization guide on Google and you find it. And one of the providers I recommended in that article was Nosto. And um, I've been wanting to speak with a leader from, from Nosto for, for a bit. And, um, you know, this opportunity came to my lap and I grabbed it. Um, so without further ado, I would like to welcome Jan to the show. Welcome, Jan. Yeah, thank you, Kumle, for, uh, for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Fantastic. Um, could you take a minute or less to, to, to introduce yourself and Nosto to, to talk to listeners, please? Yeah, sure. My uh, name is uh, Jan Sorensen, um, GM for the, the US, as you mentioned. Uh, Nosto is a uh, personalization platform, so we usually work with e-commerce vendors and then uh, e-commerce merchants to personalize the user experience. Um, we usually come in um, yeah, by personalizing uh, the on-site experience, their email, Facebook, and, and so on. 
Um, and I work with clients specifically um, to get them going on the, the personalization journey. Fantastic. And you have over 2,000 retailers um, you, 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 you serve. Exactly. So it's kind of a fast, fast-growing uh, business, um, mostly focused on lifestyle, but we see kind of the same need for personalization also across other uh, verticals as well as anything from sports and even sometimes going into uh, B2B, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And um, when did Nosto, when was Nosto founded? Yes, it's originally a, a Finnish founded company. Um, so based out of Helsinki, Finland, um, mm-hmm. started in 2011. Um, yeah, we've just kind of grown quite uh, quite drastically over those years. Um, we've been in the US now for roughly three years. So wow. present both on the East Coast and on the West Coast. Okay. And you're on the East Coast. Okay. Correct. Correct. Okay. Okay. Let's start out with a, a big question a lot of retailers ask. Um, and, you know, um, and I think listeners would, you know, would have at the back of their minds, um, at what point in time in a business should you start to consider personalization? Yeah, I think it's, that's an uh, awesome, awesome question. So we talk obviously with clients, you know, mid-market clients, we talk with enterprise clients, sometimes also talking with SMB clients. Mm-hmm. So I do think in, in full transparency, personalization is something that you tackle once you have taken care of all of the, the main steps in your e-commerce business. So you have kind of a stable, stable platform, you know, you have great fulfillment, you have a great product assortment, you've kind of got your customer acquisition strategy in, in place. And once those uh, aspects are kind of running smoothly, then you kind of start looking into personalization. Uh, the, the way we see personalization play out it's, it's almost like a booster on your previous efforts or existing efforts so it makes everything you do better mm-hmm. uh, but same for full transparency as well um if you haven't checked all of those boxes yet it's maybe a little bit too early to to look into personalization so it's a little bit like the uh, the cherry cherry on top i would say for sounds, sounds sounds very interesting and um, where do you see the most gains um at the acquisition level or um at the retention level so we try to tackle it uh, just looking at the entire flow. So right, it's acquisition. You want to uh, optimize your acquisition strategy. Um, then you look at conversion rate optimization. Uh, then the retention. And then kind of looking at this as a kind of full cycle. That's also the reason why uh, we have partnered with Facebook because we also want to improve your acquisition strategy. But if if you kind of get those gains. Uh, and incremental gains across, you know, acquisition and then the conversion and then the retention, they, they start kind of compounding. Mm. Uh, and that, that's, again, what I was saying earlier, it's, it's kind of a booster to your existing uh, efforts, which should be in a decent place when you start your personalization. Very, 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 very good answer. And um, very, very fascinating in, in, in a sense, because I was speaking to a retailer last week and I was like, you know, um, he was sort of, you know, a bit worried about, um, they do annual sales every summer, and um, he was worried that um, this sale didn't, you know, this year didn't perform as well as last year um, from a non, from a you know monetary standpoint. And um, I told him to look at the customer base. You know, is your base, you know, is your customer base actually expanding? Um, that's so important because, as you said, it's it, it's a full circle, you know, um, and it, it just compounds, you know, um, in, in your words. Okay, so um, customer base wise, um, do you have any numbers um, that you see your best in class retailers um, having? Um, would 10,000, 100,000, you know, customers be a, a good base? Where, where are you seeing, um, you know, benefits? When should people actually start consider using the, the you know, the full potential of personalization um, in, in terms of customer base size? 
Yeah, it's a great, great question. And we try to be also, again, fairly transparent with our clients. Um, so there's certain yeah, profile uh, parts that we look at. So I think you need to have a decent amount of traffic just for the recommendations to, to kind of learn, um, also for, for the segmentation to kind of warm up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need at least, I'd say, 50K in, in traffic uh, per month, let's say visits. Um, then we would recommend you to have a fairly large product base, right? Personalization is really focused on surfacing the right product, surfacing the right experience. So you do need to have, I would say, at least 200 products, SKUs, and the more the merrier, obviously, as, uh, as, as well. And then we, we do like to see a fairly broad category uh, assortment as well. So if, if you just sell one type of product that's super, super niche, um, then you know, you, you're basically not really needing personalization, right? Because personalization creates this kind of shop and shop experience for you. So, so yeah. Um, so with, with 50,000, you know, users minimum, um, and a conversion rate of about, of about 3%, you'd be looking at 1,500 transactions per month. Yep. That's, that's reasonable. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. Now let's talk about Nostal, your, your offering, um, the evolution of your offerings and why you've chosen these key pillars for personalization um, and, and um, the, the impact um, it has on um, retailers that adopt, you know, um, your you know, uh, personalization platform such as yours. Sure. Great, uh, great question. So I think if you look at the, the history of, of NASA, we've started uh, with product recommendations, right? So um, that basically means we're surfacing the right product and the right con- context for any user. That's still, I would say, also our core strength. It is actually kind of the, the most difficult thing to pull off, right? Mm. So if you look at all of the things, uh, all the, the the platforms that call themselves, you know, uh, personalization, whether it's you know A/B testing tools, whether it's segmentation engines. Mm. Not, not to take away from those, they're super valuable as, as well, but um, surfacing the right product to a user that's, you know, is going to fall in love with that item, it's actually fairly difficult to, to pull off. We, we think that's kind of going into the core of e-commerce, right? Making uh, a user fall in love with, the, with an item, with a product, everything else flows, flows from that interaction. Mm-hmm. So we invest a lot of effort into the recommendation engine. We also believe that a product recommender, it's, it sounds a little bit, you know, innocent, but in, in the end, a product recommender does so much more than just improving the, the user experience. Mm. Uh, it, it also optimizes your business, right? So it's not just optimizing for, for CTR. It um, usually looks at things like margin optimization, except mm. line optimization. We look at inventory. So it's, it's almost like a vehicle for us um, to, to kind of, yeah, optimize the business as a whole. Mm. Uh, so so that, that's where we're coming from. But of course, we wanted to take personalization into any channel. So we've obviously then started with uh, a channel that everybody uses. That's, that's email, right? So we want to make sure that we uh, personalize that experience as, as well. Mm. A small, small tip, if, I mean, one of the overlooked uh, channels is a transaction email. So if you're not personalizing that, you're just kind of missing out on quite a, quite a bit. Um, and then recently, obviously, we've seen so much traction on, on Facebook and Instagram as kind of an acquisition retargeting channel. So yeah. we've decided to to partner up with with those guys as well. So yeah, trying to follow that that um, uh, acquire, uh, convert, retain, optimize model a little bit. Okay. Um, 
So we we have just to to recap um, on site product recommendations, transactional emails, and paid paid social, which predominantly Facebook ads. Yep. Um, I also came across um, on-site pop-ups on your site as a as another service offering. Is is that something major, or is that? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those contentious topics. So uh, some folks love the pop-ups, some hate it. But what you can deny is that those pop-ups just drive quite a bit of value. Um, mm. What I find surprising, I mean, there's not that much intelligence behind those pop-ups. I just, <laughs> It's just a trigger based on things like you know, you're a new, new customer or, or you've visited five pages. So, I mean, it's, uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to build these out, but I mean, surprisingly, you, you just get a lot of uh, value through that. And, and my personal suggestion is just the kind of double tap approach. So you, you hit customers when they're kind of a new customer to your site and then you do exit intent, but then you don't do it again, right? So that's yeah. usually a way to you know, supercharge a little bit the, the acquisition and then also trying to maximize the, the conversion once they're on the site. So, and then you just flag the customer um, so they don't kind of expect a discount next time, next time around. <laughs> okay, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think we should flesh out every single segment and then um, we could move potentially into other areas of personalization I think are lacking in the market. And um, for my conversations with retailers and also for my first-hand experience running a retail you know, business myself, um, would love to sort of see. So I love what you said in regards to like personalization um, for um, personalization being kind of like a, a tag now, especially on CRO you know, um, platforms. I'm seeing lots of enterprise CRO platforms um, mm-hmm. saying that rebranding as personalization platforms. But when you scratch the surface, you realize that, um, you know, um, they are producing dynamic content, largely for content-based sites, um, off the back of test results. So they run A-B split tests or multivariate tests. They, they get the results off the back of the test and they push out the winner. That that was my take from having a look at um, some of their sites and actually, you know, getting into the driver's seats without naming, giving any names. Yep. It's it's quite different for each e-commerce merchandising because with, with merchandising, you're almost like a storekeeper and you're trying to arrange the products people are very likely to buy based on what you just said, um, things like inventory, your margins, you know, all those dynamic, all those data points and you know a lot of that is going on in the head of a storekeeper or a merchandiser, and they're pushing out those products because they want them to move. So, in your on-site product recommendations, you know engine, could you please flesh out how you know the logic on on on? Obviously, it's quite you know complicated given the fact that it's you know AI driven. Sure. But could you please give the the logic of your philosophy rather? Let's start with your philosophy around you know, on-site product, you know, recommendations for e-commerce? Yeah, sure. So I think maybe I'll, I'll try to explain this alongside a, a typical customer journey. Mm-hmm. We try to kind of follow some kind of guideline around why we place certain recommendations, certain elements of, of the page. Um, and let, let's say you're a, a net new user to a website. You've never engaged with that website, right? Uh, it's your, your first visit. We don't have any specific data on you. So one of the things that we can get started with right away is kind of looking at your traffic source. 
so just reading out the, the UTM parameters. So we'll, we'll get some kind of idea who you are, just starting with what campaign you've arrived on on this side. So that's, that's not full personalization, but we already have some kind of idea like what the typical user from that traffic source might want to uh, purchase. So we'll, we'll start by surfacing, surfing that, uh, that initially. I think there's a, an additional information point that we have is kind of the, the geo-targeting uh, or your geolocation. So we will do an IP lookup uh, on you if, if you've given us the, the green light or if the merchant has given us the green light to, to do so. Um, and then we can do things like a geo-target best. So, so this is trending in, in you know, Manhattan or in Brooklyn or you know, Los Angeles. So we're, we're kind of narrowing and zeroing in on, on you as, as a user. Then once you're, you're in the site, I think we've shown you a fairly you know, maybe segmented experience, if you want to call it. Then um, usually you will start clicking a few products. It takes us just a few clicks to kind of personalize the, the experience and know who you are. Um, at its core, we use um, collaborative filtering. So we analyze what people view together, what they buy together, uh, what they hold together in the cart. But then we use a, a bunch of uh, additional uh, methods to, to kind of refine that. So we've already spoken about using you know, business logic to kind of balance goals uh, in, in the background. Um, we'll use user-generated information. So uh, what are the ratings on a product? Is there user-generated content that we can use? Um, and then there's usually uh, also a few other layers and, and one is very important, which is the merchandising layer. So business owners like, like yourself, for example, um, they do want to have sometimes control over the output. Um, and we need to make that happen and give them the, the power to kind of steer the res results in a different direction if, if they choose to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, the, the easiest way is to explain it through all of those layers, right? Um, mm -hmm. there's at least kind of five layers that we talk about publicly and then there's obviously more. <laughs> and then your secret so, sauce. <laughs> secret sauce and the Coca-Cola <laughs> recipe. Exactly. Okay. That makes sense. Um, that, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So I got collaborative viewing, um, business logic, user-generated content and merchandising. I must've missed the, the fifth one. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. Go for it. So usually what we also look at is kind of the, the product description. So that can give us a lot of information on what product should be kind of cross-sold together. Mm -hmm. um, but that's usually a layer that we use for what is called kind of cold start, right? It's making okay. sure we, we have some recommendations if there's no behavioral data. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes that, that's really, really insightful um, in terms of, um, you know, um, how your, your, your product recommendation work engine works. So um, what about the, the points, the, the real estate, you know, um, I've seen on homepages, um, you know, the recommended products when you land on the homepage, I was actually on an American website yesterday. Um, I'm based in the UK okay. and, um, on the American website, it, it actually tracked that, um, I liked under Armour. Mm -hmm. yep. I don't know. It was my first time on that site and it just gave me like, it just, the, the recommendation as a first time visit was just, that yeah. under armor, you know, visits, despite trying to go into the female section just to fool it. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite clever, you know? Um, so you have that spot and then obviously you have, um, I guess you'd have, what other spots do you sort of let this product recommendations actually, um, rec your, your product recommendation engine fire? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we try to implement with uh, a good, I would say six to seven recommendations at least okay. uh, on average. I think again, to, just to 
kind of highlight this. One of the overlooked pages is definitely the homepage. You can really make that kind of your, your flagship experience. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes I see, especially like luxury brands, that they're really reluctant to, to kind of have automated merchandising ha happening on their, their homepage. But mm -hmm. you can really make that a powerful approach. And, and usually I want to have one recommendation that's uh, about uh, product discovery, one about reinforcement of previous interests, and then uh, one about inspiration. So you can easily have three recommendations that kind of serve different purposes. Uh, and it doesn't have to look like Amazon either, right? So I think mm -hmm. a lot of the lifestyle brands, they come to us like, I don't want to have my website look like Amazon. That's exactly what I'm trying to, to avoid. But then you can style this out. It looks exactly like almost like content, right? Which is mm -hmm. pretty, uh, pretty cool. But it's definitely three on, on the homepage if you can. Uh, and then we will be on the product detail page with one or two racks, card page, but then also some of the long tail pages, right? So just work with a customer yesterday who they have a, a tracking page. So if you've ordered your, uh, your, I don't know, pair of jeans, uh, you track your package. Is it arriving soon? Then we have an order related recommendation right there on the, the tracking page just to kind of inspire for the, uh, the next purchase, which, mm -hmm. um, it's pretty, pretty logical. Yeah. Yeah. And and how do you profile customers? Do you, do you have like a view? So do you know when I can a um you know I'm you know browsing you know customer X you know website and do you do you have my name or do you just keep me as a hash in in the as a number in in your um in your engine? So we do both, right? We we don't need your name uh, or even your email or login to kind of personalize the experience. Uh, so we'll just kind of use cookies and additional methods to, to kind of identify you. Uh, but it's not necessarily uh, so that you need all this demographic data to, to personalize the experience. So what is way more important than all of those data points that you might have used you know, in your email uh, program is behavioral data. What are you clicking? Uh, what are you looking at? What are you not looking at? Um, and those in the moment behavioral signals that, that amounts to basically 98% of the signals where, whereas transactional data, demographic data, that's such a small pool of data. Um, many of our clients are just kind of surprised that, you know, how much they're missing out on by just looking at the, the um, behavioral data points. So how far, how far back do you, do you go? Do you, is it, um, based on the current session or would you, you know, um, go to previous sessions? Would you sort of, um, you know, um, take data from, from previous sessions? We'll, we'll take uh, data essentially from all sessions that we've indexed. So great example, if you've been to the site, you've been a hesitant, um, hesitant buyer, you haven't really converted yet. You come back to the website, uh, easy tricks, obviously to use a browsing history, but obviously Nostra can then add a little bit more intelligence, you know, rearranging the products based on the intensity of, of how much I've engaged with the product. But we'll, we'll look at obviously all the sessions uh, as, as well, but the last signal is, is usually the most important, right? So if yeah. give you an example, if, if uh, you're on, just to say Amazon, right? You've looked at books last session, but now you're looking to purchase uh, a present for your girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, then we shouldn't be kind of showing you books, right? We should actually look at the current session. This is what this person is interested in. And that's what we need to surface. So uh, sometimes there's a little bit of education around why we do certain things um, and why we don't do them. Okay. That makes sense. Makes sense. Right. Um, let's talk about on-site. So, so I think, is, is there any other thing you want to talk about with regards to product recommendations, automated merchandising we, we haven't covered? 
No, I think there was some great, great questions and hopefully some of those answers were valuable. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And then on-site pop-ups. Um, yeah. So as, as you mentioned, as you alluded to, um, you know, earlier, you work pretty much on traffic segments and um, you, you, you have, you know, certain sets of rules and um, you serve, you know, that. Are there any other, is there any, you know, AI, you know, um, are there any AI, is there any AI involved in in on-site pop-ups at all, or um, does it strictly depend on um, on traffic segments? Yeah, so, so currently it's, it's just purely based on uh, behavioral signals. That's not okay. particularly uh, smart, I would say. I think if you look at some of the dedicated uh, uh, pop-up players, there's some ways. If you have really enough traffic, you kind of let the AI take some of those uh, trigger points, kind of build those out yourself. I think you mentioned before the call, you know, what about kind of dynamic pricing mm. of the things that you can uh, do, for example, is look at someone's uh, uh, price sensitivity, right? If mm-hmm. a person keeps shopping discounted goods and we know it's a red price uh, purchaser who just looks at, at sale items, yeah. you can usually then uh, infer that this person's price sensitive and you can just trigger a, a pop-up uh, to kind of get them to, to convert. So, so there's, there's some vendors who, who dedicate themselves to, uh, to pop-ups, um, that, that have that kind of technology. But again, you need a lot of traffic to kind of infer those signals specifically for the pop-ups. Yeah. And then, and people should be on the lookout on, um, if they're AI driven or not, I suppose, rather than just basic segments. Exactly. Yeah. So this is also where, where you get to kind of the best of breed approach, right? So for example, yeah. And also, we pride ourselves on the recommendations. There's a lot of AI that goes into it. Same goes to our uh, Facebook uh, advertising platform. But then we're also happy to bring in some of our vendor friends who might be really good at email, right? So we work with, for example, DotMailer is one of our uh, friendly vendors. Um, we're then happy to say, you know what? For email, please use these guys. Um, they know what they're doing. And we don't want to necessarily compete on that um, because those tools are becoming super focused, right? Like mm. so much development on, on single uh, products that it's just starting to make sense to to go into the market with them. So, so what's your recommendation on on-site pop-ups? Who, who should we talk to and bring to the show? <laughs> so, I mean, again, you can, you can cover 80% of the trigger points with, with, uh, with Nostra, right? If, if you then, yeah. you're growing rapidly and, and let's say you have at least, you're looking at somewhere around 50 to 100 million in, in, uh, in online revenue, then mm-hmm. you just need to look across uh, other other vendors as well who, who do this. And happy to share some vendors uh, at the end of the call. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, transactional emails. Um, yeah. do, do you have an engine or do you work with DotMailer? So we usually work with uh, our friendly vendors, and that's usually DotMailer um, that we bring in. So these guys have kind of won the UK. They're really strong in the US as well. Um, mm-hmm. They focus essentially also on uh, Magento kind of as a platform. Um, so we, we, we just like to bring these guys in and, and vice versa as well when it comes to, to personalization. I think they have some basic uh, engine as, as well, uh, which they had to build. Um, but then they, they're also transparent saying, hey, why don't you guys use Nostro for personalization? Awesome. Uh, as, awesome. As well. so, awesome. Yeah. Okay, and then um, could you could we briefly go through your um, your 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 Facebook because you you have been you know very excited about the Facebook feature. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, for us, what I see with lots of mid market merchants, they're uh, yeah, I think they have problems with using Business Manager. Um, so Facebook is is a very advanced advertising platform. 
Mm. You've got lots of control, um, but you know, if, if you don't know what you're doing, you can just waste so much money. And we see that quite, quite frequently. It's, if, if you're not a pro at advertising, you just, you know, just fire away all your, your advertising budgets. Indeed. So, um, and then as an additional point, like Facebook itself, is, they're focusing on so many verticals, right? They have, you know, automotive, part of it is e-commerce, but, uh, so it's, it's sometimes very difficult in the platform to see what is actually relevant for me as an e-commerce retailer mm. versus uh, what might be an ad format for, for uh, you know, a travel site. Mm. So we've kind of condensed uh, what they're doing into our platform. So it's purely based on e-com. So all the ad formats, all the optimization that goes on, it's, it's kind of yeah, drilled down into purely uh, optimizing e-com. We'll, we'll try to use essentially what Facebook is really good at, which is kind of their, their people-based marketing, and then what Nostra is really good at, which is optimizing the e-commerce experience. And, and we just have a very deep sense of you know, who, who to go after. So we're actually, I don't know if, how familiar you are with, with Facebook, but you know, the lookalike audiences, yep. something you can do on your own, but you need to feed the lookalike audiences yourself, right? And Data. Yeah. That, that's something we do because we know what is your best client who's the client that's going to convert the, the most, who's got the highest AOV. Mm. So we can take that intelligence and we automatically feed that into those products that Facebook makes available. So it's trying to use the best, best of both worlds as, as well. And obviously with a healthy dose of, of uh, automation. That makes sense. So you're, you're very much with the dynamic products. Is that right? So you look at the feed and um, you match that with products on the e-commerce store. And um, then you, you, you layer in the personalization bit to, to, to deliver, you know, ROI on, on the ads. Correct. So okay. the way we go in is, as well, we say like use Nostra to kind of optimize your transactional ads. Mm. Uh, and that should free up your time to, to put more effort into your brand building efforts, because that's not something we want to touch, right? Exactly. This is your brand and, and yeah. this is your core competency is building the brand. Yeah. Whereas all those transactional ads, just let the machine do it. It's going yeah. to drive a better return on ad spend and just frees up your, your time, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I run a Facebook agency, you know, and um, yeah, it's it, it's like super important to get your retargeting ads. You know, well, a lot of brands leave tons of money on the table. I, I cannot. I mean, <laughs> we're seeing ROAS of like 50 sometimes, 50x on on um depending on obviously average order value on um on retargeted ads which are the transactional ads that you just alluded to which which is you know which is crazy if if, if you're not with the right platforms awesome stuff yeah. okay. okay so let's finally talk about areas of um, personalization i'm not you guys don't cover and i'm i'm not seeing that many providers um you know cover things like push notifications um you know um i are you you, you, you know, what, what your, what's your take on personalizing, you know, push notifications, particularly given the fact that, you know, um, most shoppers, you know, shop from their mobiles now? Yeah, I think great, great question as, as well. So, I mean, I think it's probably a bigger question because you, we're talking about this omni-channel ex experience, right? So you want to be in all channels that the, the user is in, right? So right. Uh, and you kind of want to optimize for the channel that the, the customer is going to be most engaged with. So, some folks might uh, engage with, you know, Facebook. Some folks might be Instagram people. Some like the uh, still the old school email and shopping from those. So, so it's kind of a part of a bigger question. Um, and then you you pretty quickly get to that point where you need to start automating those customer journeys, and that obviously includes also push notifications. 
uh, because they're becoming so complex that it's not something you can manage on, on your own. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to give you an example for us as well, like the way we work with, with Facebook, it just automatically delivers the, uh, the ad inventory to, you know, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or some of the newer products, just based on the, the customer's engagement, um, as well as kind of the, the return on ad spend. So you want to have some kind of middleware that that sits and kind of optimizes for the, the right channel and also kind of understanding where the engagement is going to be biggest. And, and that's definitely also part of, of kind of push notifications as, as well. It's amazing. Amazing. Um, <clears throat> what about post-purchase, you know, personalization? So um, you have high value customers and you really want to treat them special, you know, especially besides, you know, giving them discounts, which is a given anyway. If they need, if they need them, you know, if they really love your products, they'll buy anyway. Um, what What are you seeing in post purchase personalization, um, and what, what tips do you have? Yeah, I think I mean let's maybe just go through the flow, right? If, let's say you've you've checked out, you've bought your uh, your product, so I think immediately on the thank you page, you should have some kind of memory trace around um, you know the next purchase. So usually I like to put an auto related uh, recommendation in there. Uh, you can also add uh, a small segment, so just a content banner in there as, as well. So that's something um, we might or might not do uh, very soon. Mm-hmm. A little uh, um, a sneak peek here as well, but obviously we, we're tr- we're, we're, we have a fairly deep understanding about someone's customer lifetime value. Mm-hmm. So if you already know this is a high-value client, which on the thank you page you do, um, then immediately you can have the, the rack plus uh, a piece of content that already says, hey, you guys... Uh, this is a high value client. We might offer them free shipping the next time, or here's maybe 10% or, uh, we know now you're, uh, we should invite you to our VIP club. Yeah. You get access to, um, you know, products that haven't been released yet. Yeah. So immediately, uh, already on the thank you page. And obviously the, the whole orchestration starts around, uh, order retargeting, which you would probably do with, with Facebook. Um, obviously email, which is free. So you'll start targeting with, with email, mm-hmm. but you should have a fairly deep understanding. Also, if this product is, uh, something that is it a repl- replenishable product or is it maybe something True. by every uh, three months, right? So otherwise yeah. you're just wasting your, your ad budget. Exactly. So that's, that's also upon you a little bit to, to understand that. Uh, and then, yeah, once, once you get the, the customer back to the site, you can obviously then, uh, turn the site into a fully personalized experience uh, with auto-related racks, um, usually uh, one or two uh, banners as, as well that kind of greet and welcome the customer back. So there's, there's quite a bit of things that you can do, but it should yeah. be orchest- orchestrated in some kind of guidelines as, as well. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Lots of moving parts. And um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really understanding the customer and then seven. I love what you just said about... Um, the, the kind of product you have, whether it's a replenishable or, you know, a seasonal, you know, um, item, or, you know, it could even be, be a hobby, you know, um, yeah, that, that's very, very, very important. Um, so, um, you know, what about things like pack? Would you recommend, um, you know, handwritten notes to, you know, at scale, would, would that work for high value customers? Would, 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 would it move the needle or do you just think, um, everything should be automated in the machine, you know, um, with, with tools? No, you're touching upon a very important uh, differentiator, I think, in the future for e-commerce businesses. So it's obviously 
fairly difficult to to compete against uh, an Amazon that has all the products, right? You know, you're going to get the item within, you know, uh, 24 hours or sometimes sometimes even less here, here, here in New York. So I think one of the end game, maybe there's already talking a little bit about the end game scenarios for e-commerce, but I think one of the key differentiators for a smaller business is the service aspect. Mm. So you're, you're basically taking a, a part um, from the B2B playbook, right? It's always been, you sell the item and then you sell services around it. Mm-hmm. And we see that be a super key differentiator for, for medium, smaller merchants against Amazon because they're not going to deliver the, the service around the, the product, right? They're just going to deliver it and, and that's basically it. Uh, just take, for example, Nike. They, they have these running clubs. I don't know if you've tried those. Yeah. those yeah. Out, right? So that's pure B2B playbook, right? You, you right. sell the jersey and then you have a service layer around it, which is very specific to the, to the item. And that's how you can compete in the future. And I think that's why I love the, this handwritten notice as well. This is stuff that Amazon's never going never gonna to do, right? Yeah, yeah. It's community, really. It's, yeah. it's human-to-human connection. Yeah. And then finally, pricing. This is, you know, I, I mentioned it in my article. Um, I, I don't know why, you know, um, for, for the mid-tier, um, there's not much, um, there are not many solutions for, for dynamic pricing. I, I know for sure that um, I was reading an article around Target. Um, so Target will, on the Target website, Apparently, they will they they give slightly or they used to give slightly different you know um, higher prices to people on Macs yeah. as compared to shoppers on on PCs. Yeah. You know, you could go a lot more cleverer you know than that. Um, you if like someone's been looking at you know an item you know three four five ten you know times, um, you could you know reduce slightly reduce the price without them necessarily you know, and then you show the discount you know this has dropped in real time. Um, so, so dynamic pricing, I think a lot of people will drop off, for instance, um, if like they don't see free shipping. Yeah. Um, so like pricing is, is a very, very, um, it's, it's a very touchy subject in convert for conversions. Um, I think it's really personal. Pricing is, you know, could be addressed on a, on, on an individual basis. What, what what are your thoughts on dy- dynamic pricing? Do you guys have have any plans to to go into that area, um, or am I missing something? Are there any providers that, that are doing dynamic pricing really well? Yeah, I think I'll have kind of a multi part answer to to that as well. So mm-hmm. I used to work for uh, Zalando, where we tried some of those pricing experiments mm-hmm. quite quite a bit as as well, and usually. It usually comes out, right? So, so people then see, hey, this person's paying X amount for this product, and then maybe someone else is paying paying more for this item. And the market is is fairly sensitive around this. Like people just really don't like it, especially for for kind of the retention aspect, right? If you might get a immediate boost in conversion rate, but then if someone knows I've I've paid more than than someone else, you kind of get get pissed off a little bit, but. There's, I think you can still do it in a fairly easy fashion um, to do price differentiation. First of all, if, if you have a good recommender system like Nostro, we will already pick up things like price sensitivity. So you, someone who has a higher price sensitivity will automatically get items uh, served that are lower priced, right? And, and someone who, who just shops for kind of the, uh, the newest items that, that haven't been discounted will obviously then reflect that as well. So First thing is that the recommender system should pick up on that signal of price sensitivity. 
uh, second aspect is like we talked about pop-ups, right? Yeah. A very easy way to do product price differentiation is using pop-ups uh, because like changing prices on a product is fairly difficult, but serving a pop-up is super easy, right? Yeah. Um, and that it's the same result. You basically give someone a discount who has uh, shown certain signals on the site. So he's paying less or more, whatever. Um, than someone else and you've essentially done a price differentiation in a very, very simple fashion. So that, that's why pop-ups are also, they're basically a tool for exactly what you mentioned, which is price differentiation, but yeah. making it super easy as opposed to dynamic prices, which is fairly difficult to pull off on, on a technical level. Yeah, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I think, you know, this has been quite thorough, you know, um, in terms of um, we've touched all bases around, you know, e-commerce personalization. Um, is there anything you think I've missed out? Um, any final thoughts on, on, person, on e-commerce personalization before I let you go? Yeah, I mean, I think maybe a few few tips to to some of the, the audience members here, just what to look for in a, a personalization vendor. Obviously, there's lots of noise in, in the market, so perhaps we can kind of help uh, your audience out a little bit. So my suggestion, as, as mentioned before, so just have every all of kind of the, the key parts in your business kind of optimized before you look at personalization. It's definitely one of the aspects you should look at. Second, if, if you look in the vendor space, um, really important, is it a vendor that's kind of very broad-based or um, is it someone who's been working with e-commerce specifically? So it's something to, to look out for. Uh, and then obviously look at things like automation uh, and what's the implementation time, right? Some of those really big tools, um, they make you basically commit to like a six-month uh, implementation period. So, um, so, so those are things that folks should look at. Um, and then, of course, everyone is, is welcome to, to reach out to me also personally. Um, hopefully, we can share my, my email if there's any Definitely, questions. definitely. That, I'm definitely going to, before, before we leave, before you leave, actually, um, what's the best way listeners can get in touch with you? Yeah, just email me. So it's uh, Jan at Nosto, so J-A-N at Nosto.com. So just uh, feel free to reach out so any time. I will, I will, I will. Um, are you on social media, Twitter? Yeah, so just uh, add me on, I think it's Jay Sorensen underscore US on, on Twitter. So we could just... Uh, okay. Well, so. Okay. And um, obviously you're on LinkedIn, just, um, uh, you know, just, just, just search for, for, for Jan on, um, on, um, on, on LinkedIn. Um, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jan. It's been, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Hope you did also. Um, yeah, great stuff. Thank you. Appreciate it. Very thoughtful questions. Uh, thank you for the, uh, the opportunity. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Check out 2xecommerce.com forward slash podcast to get the show notes and links we mentioned on this episode. Come up on our email list. Leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you subscribe to whether it's itunes um, whether it's stitcher you know whichever one you know try and leave us a review and um, if you really like this episode you know i'm um, share it with friends on social media facebook twitter linkedin instagram 2x e-commerce is produced by me kune campbell with the help of boban makage thank you all for listening and catch you on next week's show cheers bye so that was a wrap on this week's episode of 2x e-commerce remember you can catch me every week 
and also send your questions and comments on Twitter using the hashtag 2XEcommerce. Keep yourself in the loop by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. It only takes a few seconds and it means you'll get the most up-to-date episodes to help you grow your online store. Do have a good one till I catch you on the next show. Bye-bye.